You're listening to the One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to the One Pridecast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. I'm Tori Petrie, joined once again this week by Mike O'Hara. Mike, how is your morning going? Well, my morning's doing well, and I'm looking forward to another little breakfast treat that you've given me the first two weeks. It was a, I think it was a blueberry muffin and then a scone. Let me open up the silver-plated. Is this a joke? A cold, (laughs) hard-boiled egg? I thought you needed something healthy this time. Did you get this like at a two-for-one, and I'm going to get another one next week? (laughs) You caught me. I guarantee you this. You will not catch me speaking with my mouth full. I hate hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> All right. Should All right, I I'll, shut up and we go? Yeah, I'll get your order okay. right next week. Sorry about that, All Mike. I can't believe it. I know, right? I know. It's my- awful. <laughs> I know it's just been a tough week tough week all around which that brings us to talking about this game on Sunday Mike you and I were at Ford Field for the Lions game versus the Packers I mean it was odd wasn't it just coming into an empty stadium to cover a football game that wasn't happening there yeah it was different than week one of course with the Bears because look even without fans in the stands there's a buzz in the NFL stadium on Sunday and I you sort of just kind of feel that there's some energy, something, you know, there's going to be 60 minutes of really ferocious combat, whatever you want to call it. But when you go there and you know that they're, you know, what, four or 500 miles away in, in the northern reaches of uh, the state of Wisconsin, and we're watching it on, you know, video boards and, and, and TV sets and all that, and we're down maybe 50 yards from Dan Miller doing the play-by-play with Lomas Brown, and you can hear him. It's just, it's just different. But, you know, what? Once, once we settled into the game, for me it was just, I'm watching a football game, and it, it, it really is that, it's that way every Sunday for me, but it, it really was different. Well, it was a pretty nice setup, though, that we had. We had four yep. screens, and three of them were the game. They were just at different timings and different feeds of the same game, and then we had red zone on in the corner, so it was a nice setup. Yeah, it is, and I think we'll do it this week again for the uh, Detroit Lions at the Arizona Cardinals. I think we might as well move to Arizona because I think the Lions have played them seven <laughs> times in the last eight years, and this will be, I think, the third or fourth straight year at Arizona. I mean, I, I like that trip. I don't know about you, but I like going to Arizona, and, I, and if that and maybe Chicago would be t- two of the trips I that we're going to miss this year that I really always enjoyed going to. Oh, yeah, I know. I feel you. I like the uh, opportunity to get out and do some hiking when we go to Arizona. It's always nice when that one comes later on in the season when it's already cold here and you can't do too much outside, and then you know, you head out to Arizona and, and get some hiking in. But because the teams are all quarantined and everything once they get there, even if we were on the road, that wouldn't be a possibility this year. But it is odd how many times the Lions have played the Cardinals. Certainly this year will be a lot different than the matchup that they had last year. But we'll get to that in a little bit. For now, Mike, I want to talk about this game on Sunday between the Lions and the Packers. I mean, the first quarter looked like this team had had made a lot of adjustments after their game against the Bears last week. They came out firing, and we thought that, hey, this this looks like they've turned some things around, and then things went downhill after that. Yeah, they really did. And, you know, we keep hearing this, and you hear it every year and probably every all 32 teams in the National Football League, how important it is to start fast. We go back to the Chicago game uh, two weeks ago now, 
and they had the first two of the first four possessions ended up inside the red zone. And for people out there, the red zone is when you start a series of downs inside the opponent's twenty, you're in the you're in the red zone. Both times they settled for field goals, couldn't you know couldn't close the deal, and all of the lament. If only they could have started fast, you know they would have been able to. They would have had a cushion, and they would have held on to beat the Bears. Well, they started fast. First possession of the game, 75 yards, touchdown run by Kerryon Johnson. Second possession of the game after the Packers answered back with a field goal to make it 7-3. Another 75-yard drive, touchdown pass to Marvin Jones Jr. The Detroit Lions have started fast, and they stopped just as fast. And mm. and and my point is, and I wrote about this on our What We Learn column on DetroitLions.com, uh, but I'm sure you read in detail, is that it's look start fast that's great play 60 minutes of football that's better that's how you win that's what the green bay packers did they just kept methodically chopping 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 away i'm not saying they didn't have any walls there in the 60 minutes of, of clock time but certainly not like the detroit lions had and, and not to just look it wasn't a blizzard of penalties it was six or seven penalties against the lions but they were big ones yeah. holding penalty that kept the clock going at the end of the first half back-to-back personal fouls on Will Harris. What was he doing? You look at that stuff and you go, nobody teaches that. Uh, Jamal Agnew calls for a fair catch, steps out of the way and blocks. You, you don't do that in high school. It just Now, is that because there were no preseason games? I don't know. Uh, Green Bay Packers didn't have any preseason games. They didn't have any off-season program. So you can't blame, you can, you can point to that, but you can't blame right. any of that. It was just bad football. And I don't think Matt Patricia and his coordinators and his position coaches teach that, but that's what happened on Sunday. So for those of you who say get a, a fast start against you know, against the Cardinals on Sunday in, in, in Arizona, yeah, keep it up. Keep your foot on the gas. Absolutely. Where do you think things turned? What went wrong to fall apart after the first quarter? Well, the offense uh, stopped moving the ball, and the defense was – look, it, it, they've had – they picked up where they left off, basically, against the Chicago Bears uh, the previous week, where they gave up uh, three touchdown passes on four possessions uh, to lose the game. And, and one of those possessions started near the end of the third quarter, but the touchdown was scored in the fourth quarter. That's a 21-0 blitz on the Chicago Bears and uh, to Mitchell Trubisky, who's really not considered a top-rated quarterback right now in the National Football League now. Corey, I've said this before. I personally think there's too much put on him. I think he's better than average. And he's certainly been good against the Detroit Lions. But I just think they, they picked up. They didn't stop the run against the Bears. They didn't stop it against against the Arizona Cardinals. Nobody stops Aaron Rodgers for very long, and the Lions didn't do that. And he didn't play his best game. He had a 60% completion rate. That's okay. It's not great. He had two touchdown passes, but no big mistakes. Outside of it, Matthew Stafford played okay at the start. Uh you know, just sort of okay the rest of the game, but had a big mistake there in the in the fourth uh, end of the third quarter, fourth quarter. I forget exactly when it was right now. And he threw the ball, he threw the ball late, and he threw it inside, and ended up an, inter- an easy interception and a walk-in touchdown uh, for uh, for the Packers that really ended any last chance that Detroit Lions had to make a mistake. You don't expect that of Matthew Stafford. He's too good. He's been around too long. Look, he's a top seven or eight quarterback in the National Football League. He doesn't play that way, and I don't think he will again. Looking at the defense, it's tough to find bright spots from what the Lions have done defensively the last couple of weeks. What ails them on defense? What's going wrong? 
Well, two things. Number one, stopping the run. They didn't do it. They didn't do a good job against the against the Bears, and they did an even poorer job against the uh, against the uh, against the uh, Packers last week. And by the way, while we're at it, those are two division rivals. They're 0 and 2 in the division. They've lost eight straight in the division now. Six last year and two this year. Those are games you have to win, like we always say they count too. But they didn't stop the run, and that sets up everything. When you when you when teams know that they can run, when they've got some good plays. It leads it to play action, and last week they were working on a secondary with you know with basically young players. Jeff Okuda, number one first round draft pick, I should say, for the Detroit Lions out of Ohio State, uh, drafted third overall, uh, failed to live up to billing. And after one game, people in Detroit want to sack him and say, "Oh my God, they took the wrong guy." Folks, we'll see how it turns out, okay? But he certainly did not did not play well. Will Harris at safety had a a game that he would like to forget. Nobody's going to let him. And so it was a double-headed uh, issue for him. Couldn't stop the run. Couldn't rush the quarterback. That's two straight games now. They've had one sack in each of the first two games. And no turnovers, none, zero. You're playing at a, when you do that, you're playing at a deficit. That's the way it is. That's the National Football League. Turnovers win games. Sacks win games. Pressures win games. Why can't they get pressure on the quarterback? Well, I guess the easy answer is because they can't. But you know, I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't think they really. They do not have a proven big-time pass rusher. Now, look, uh, Trey Flowers has been. He's really a really good football player. I mean, really good. You know, he's probably. You know, if he rated all the defensive ends who stop the run and rush the passer, he'd probably be like in the top. You know, eight to ten. But but he's not. You know, he's not. The guy I think you have to absolutely scheme for to stop as a pass rusher. They have not been able yet to develop that. The last one they really had was Ziggy Ansah, uh, three four years ago. He had 12 sacks, but he was hurt a lot and you know played in spurts. Some of those spurts were really really good football. They really have not been able to find that guy that teams have to account for. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure you know that Detroit Lions are, are are schemed to you know all out pressure on the quarterback they play a lot of man-to-man defense it puts a lot of pressure on the secondary but they just don't get to the quarterback so if it's a matter of not having that big name pass rusher what can be done to rectify that as the season goes on because obviously rosters are are for the most part set at this part point in the season you move around some guys at the bottom of the roster and ir things change things as well but what can they do to create more pressure well, sometimes you know, Tory teams do make uh, make moves during the season. For example, Chandler Jones, outside linebacker for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, was acquired in a midseason trade with I think maybe it was I forget it was the offseason or midseason, but I think it was midseason trade with the New England Patriots in was it 2016? And he's had I think five straight years of double-digit sacks. Had 19 last year. Uh, the, the Patriot, uh, the, the, uh, the Patriots. The Cardinals have, I think, their third or fourth, tied for third in the league right now with, with seven sacks, and seven different players each have one sack. So, no, they haven't turned loose that one guy, including Chandler Jones, but but they are getting to the quarterback as a team, as a unit, not one individual leading the charge. But they also last year at midseason, they acquired in another trade Kenyon Drake, running back. He played eight games for the Cardinals last year, coming over and had 650 yards rushing. And he's back at it again this year. He's got close to 150 in two games. So you can make moves, but you've got to find a team that's trying to dump somebody, which was the case of both uh, Jones and, and Drake. And 
be able to match up, you know, what you can do in terms of contracts and, and compensation to the team that's trying to dump them. Okay, so you say look look for somebody before the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me add just one thing there. Just it was just two years ago that really one of the sharpest trades that uh, that the Lions have made by any regime you know, in, in the last several years was when uh, Bob Quinn uh, made a move with the New York Giants to get Snacks Harris, and he really played terrific football for a half a season for the Detroit Lions. He really did. They really he he helped elevate that defense, and they played good ball on that side of the ball the last eight eight to nine games last year. He wasn't the same player. Uh, he was cut after, you know, after the 2019 season, as I recall, I don't believe he's been signed by anybody. And so was that a good move? Yes, but it wasn't a long-term move as it turned out. That was unexpected. They expected him to be a good player for them for a couple of years. He was a good player for him for eight games. Mike, we're only two games into the season, and if you've spent any time on Twitter, you know that there's a lot of frustration in this fan base considering the losing streak that goes back to last season. What would you say to fans who are feeling frustrated at this point uh, just two games into the season? Well, the first thing I'd say is don't blame me and Tori. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, leave us alone, you know. Look, I – look. It, Look, I've been through this a long time, Tori, and I'm not trying to say that for any reason other than just this is one point. And I've said this to other players, and I'm just and just talking to coaches. Just you know, they all want to separate themselves from the history of the franchise. And, you know, and, and and I get it. For example, last week in his post-game presser, uh, head coach Matt Patricia, somebody asked him about the 11-game winning streak. He says, "Well, this is 2020. We look at it as a two-game losing streak." He's right and he's wrong. It is an 11-game losing streak. It's just like, it's like this. Whatever franchise you go to in whatever sport, you inherit the legacy and the history of that sport. When you get signed by the, when you get traded to the New York Yankees, you put on the pinstripe and say, "Wow, this is cool." Or the Montreal Canadiens in hockey, or or the, the Lakers and Celtics, and maybe maybe one or two other teams in the NBA. You inherit that legacy. You really do. And that's, I don't know if it's quite as pronounced in football because of the turnover in franchises every year. But yes, you inherit the good and you inherit the bad. And that's that's just the way it is. I don't know if it's fair, but I don't think it's unfair either because the fans have been there a long time before a player gets there, before a coach gets there, before a new regime gets there. And they'll be here in Detroit a long time after they're gone. And there's another coach and another player and another regime. So what I would say is to Coach Patricia, I get it, and but you know what? You've just got to live with it. It's part of the it's part of the deal. All that speculation goes with it. Football is back. The 2020 NFL season is kicking off with even more ways to get into the game. Thanks to BetMGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions. This year, Lions fans can play along for free during all the action and win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of an MGM Resorts trip package. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during every game, and once you hit bingo, you score. All thanks to BetMGM. Learn more by visiting the official Lions mobile app now. Well, obviously the Lions want to turn things around. Two games into the season, a two-game losing streak, as Coach Patricia said, but you don't want to carry that on into week three, and the Lions head into a matchup with an Arizona Cardinals team that has been really cruising on offense. What is the most challenging part of this matchup for the Lions this week? Well, they've got a you know good running game, and it's led by the quarterback, Kyler Murray. Look, the Lions saw him last year, and he'll – 
They had, what, a 17-point lead or 18-point lead in the first minute of the fourth quarter. He led them back to a couple of touchdowns and a two-point conversion you know, in the dying seconds of, of, of regulation time to send it into overtime. So they've seen him up close and personal. They, they should, you know, when you, when you face a quarterback like Kyler Murray, the thing you have to adapt to is the speed. They've seen that. These, a lot of, there are a lot of guys in this roster who have seen that speed, so that shouldn't fool them. You know, I was you know, writing one of our scouting columns for DetroitLions.com, and the one thing I looked at is, look, he's got 163 or 158 yards rushing and three touchdowns, and if you get a chance, uh, go online and, and just Google, you know, Google Kyler Murray 21-yard run versus Washington football team. Untouched. He just weaved through it like, you know, he looked like well, like a figure skater. The only thing he didn't do was the <laughs> full axle and all that. It was just, it was a, Tori, it was an, it was an, it was the thing of just athletic beauty. It really was it's just amazing, you know. Just he, you couldn't touch him. Well, you know what? Don't let it happen. Build a wall around him. And the other side of it is, look, after two games, he's got two touchdown passes and he's got two interceptions. He's not ripping anybody apart with his arm. He really isn't. Like last year, he had twenty touchdown passes, seventeen interceptions. That's a good. That's a good season for a rookie. But the bottom line is, they were five ten with one tie. I don't. I don't think Kyler Murray right now, the way he, the way they're set up, is going to consistently beat teams with his arm. So if I, you're the Detroit Lions, build a wall around him. He's five nine or whatever. Get your hands up if you can't get to him. Make him negotiate the passing lanes, and you've got a chance to win this game. Get some tip balls. Get some turnovers, and and you know, you've got to play him differently because of the speed. So do it. Play to his weakness, which to me right now that entire offense is throwing the ball. Now they've got good players. Don't get me wrong. But but like Larry Fitzgerald, who's almost my age and still playing, you know, good football, <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins, who leads the league now. They got him in a trade, uh, in, in, I think it was in March. They got him in a trade. He leads the league with 22 receptions. But make them work for that. Just don't let don't let him beat you with his legs. Well, that's fair. I definitely think they need to make sure that they contain Kyler Murray on the ground. But you look at the passing game and last week Jeff Okuda had to face off against Devontae Adams along with Amani Oruorie and this week they've got Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins so this is yet another challenge of really good receivers although like you said the strength of Arizona's offense is the mobility of their quarterback. No absolutely absolutely good points by you and and um, so you know so play to that and and look is it is it easy? No, it isn't easy. None of it is easy. But, but, but take advantage of, of, of what, what, what you have in front of you and then what you can do, too. And the other, another part of it is sustain drives on offense. Keep the ball out of his hands. I mean, look, the Green Bay Packers in their opening game against the Minnesota Vikings held the ball for 41 minutes and, and some seconds. Well, how are the Vikings ever going to win if they can't get the ball and play and keep away with it? And, and the Detroit Lions do the same thing. You know, one thing that, that's sort of presented itself, in my opinion, in the first two games is that they haven't had high volume of running, but when they've run the ball, they've run it well. And they've averaged 4.2 or something yards in one game and, some, and over four in the, in, in the other game. That's the first time since 2016 that the Lions have averaged more than four yards per carry in their first two yards. My point being, and I think it's the addition of Adrian Peterson, is that they have legitimate running threats now, and you know they got you know Carryon Johnson and and DeAndre Swift behind uh, behind Peterson, but they've got you know three guys there with with varied skills, 
and and I think take advantage of that. I think I, I think you can do some things against against the Cardinals defense. Now, the running back by committee approach has seemed to be working for the team. Obviously, they haven't yep. been winning games, but we've been seeing production in the run game. And what I liked this last week uh, to find a positive was that drive from Carryon Johnson where he scored the touchdown there at the end, 25-yard run from Adrian Peterson. And then we saw DeAndre Swift get some catches uh, in his back pocket after the struggles in week one. And I liked them getting him more involved and and, uh, getting him some touches after uh, that tough moment to end the first week's game. Uh, He had five catches for 60 yards, so I liked that. Yeah, five catches and five, five targets, too. He caught everything. I think also a player that we ought to mention right now is last year's first-round draft pick, T.J. Hawkinson. He's had nine targets, nine catches, more than 100 yards. He's really averaging you know, double digits yeah. per catch. I think this is really a good football player. And if you can get in there where you can start dictating, get into play action, stuff like that, I think this. I think that you're looking at the, at the next young tight end in the National Football League who's going to you know, steadily grow. And I don't, I don't think this is just a fluke, but I think you're going to see him you know, 65, 70 catches this year and then and then be one of those, you know, Greg Olson type of players who gets, you know, he's just, he's your reliable, you know, if he's not your first option behind, say, like Kenny Galladay, he's like your one and a half or two, you know, or one B or, or number two because of what he can do work the middle of the field. And one thing about him, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things about him I like. It's his hands, his size, and, and how he likes to play the game. But he can catch the ball, turning it upfield, with just absolute ease, he, you know, he doesn't have to readjust himself or, you know, take a step and, and get in balance. He just does it all in such fluid motion that that he he's able to get you know get his body even with the defender and accelerate away, and and, and get extra yards. And, and I think this would be a, a good week to use that. But well, any week's a good week to use it. But I think we're seeing really a young player develop before our eyes into a really good football player. TJ Hawkinson has definitely been a bright spot for this mm-hmm. team, and he had quite the game against the Cardinals last year, so maybe we see that again this week. Yeah, what do you have, 130 yards receiving and a touchdown, and, and I think he was the rookie of the week or something like that. Well, you know what, keep it up, build on it. Absolutely. I mean, this team struggled last year against the Arizona Cardinals. It was that game that ended in the tie to open the season, definitely a disappointing one for Lions fans, but I'm curious what you think about this. How much has that Cardinals team changed since the Lions saw them in week one last year? Well, they obviously used the draft and they haven't got much out of their first round draft. Simmons out of Clemson only played seven snaps last week. And they say, from what I read, he looked like he was lost in the opener, but that happens to young players, even when they've got a full off season program and a full training camp. But really, I think you've got to block them up front. I don't think that's, like we talked before, I don't think that's any secret. I mean, look, Chandler, uh, Chandler Jones, he could, he could, look, he can come out smoking at any time. You never know. He could have a big game. And the Lions have had some injuries up front on the offensive line. Here in the middle of the week, we have to see how some of that stuff shakes out. I do really think one thing, Tori, should not uh, underestimate the loss of left guard Joe Dahl. I think he's been one of the most improved players on that team over the you know, and then the five, what is now the fifth year he's been there, he started as drafted as an offensive tackle, moved to guard, and just steadily gotten better and better and better. He's really, an, I think, now a genuine NFL starter at, at guard. And whoever plays in there, you've got to adjust, you've got to adapt, and you got to step up and play better. You know, like Ode Abushi played that spot last week and did okay, you know, but 
also got one of the big penalties in the game too that, that, that ended up costing the Lions, uh, cost them seven points there at the end of the first half. But all of that stuff is, you know, I think you got to play with some poise, play with some precision, and just don't, don't, don't make, you know, you're going to make mistakes because you're going to, you know, these are great athletes on the other side of the line of scrimmage too, but got to minimize them and, and don't give anything away. It's hard enough just when you're playing them even, but don't give anything away. Even with the injuries on the offensive line, though, there have been some positives on the yeah. OL. I mean, I've liked Jonah Jackson a lot. I, I've liked what we've seen from the rookie at the right guard spot. Frank Ragnall's playing well again, and so is Taylor Decker. Yeah, that's three. Yeah, that's that's three of the five. But you know, anytime you have one breakdown, if you have a one a weak link on the offensive line, they're going to just pound you. They really are, and so they all have to step it up. Whoever whoever plays those spots until they get all, all the starters back. But you're right about your comments on those three guys. I think Frank Ragnow is the next all-pro center in the National Football League. Now, he's not going to get that recognition if the Lions keep, you know, the goal, you know, get off the starts like they've gotten. If they have another one of those seasons where they're three and whatever, or four or five and whatever. But on his own, regardless of whether the team's winning or losing, he's really become a young leader and a really, really good football player. And, and Taylor Decker, he looks just like an absolute uh you know, the great wall of Decker there at left tackle. You can't get around him. <laughs> now, I he's, like he's re- Yeah, he's really been a good player for him. You know, he struggled a little bit after he, you know, had that injury in his second season in, in the off season. But, man, he's back, and he looks, he looks really, really good to me. Well, Mike, it's time now for Mike's Pick of the Week presented by MGM Grand Detroit. I want to get your take. Who's going to win this Sunday in Arizona? Well, I think it's. I said this last year. It was going to be a close game with the with the Packers, and it turned out I was I was right for 15 minutes, <laughs> which is a career high, by the way. <laughs> if I could be right for 15 minutes on the tables at MGM Grand, you would never hear from me again. <laughs> <laughs> and you're hoping I am, right? No, I think it's a oh, tight Mike. game. I really do. I like the you know, look. I look at the at the Cardinals and look. They're right. They're two and zero, but it's they're one of 11 teams in the National Football League that are 2-0. and The Detroit Lions are one of a bunch that are 0-2, but it's early. But I think there's a sense of urgency now in the Detroit Lions. That I think if, if, if the opener was a disappointment, then, then week two was, was a wake-up call. Like, guys, get over it. Get over yourselves. Get out there and play some football. They didn't make all those changes in the offseason, bringing guys like Jamie Collins and, and, and Harmon and, and so on to play the way they played as a group. I'm not just singling out anybody, but as a group, the way they did against the Green Bay Packers. So I see a, a better team, but I also see a, a, a very, very close win for the Arizona Cardinals, 23-20 Arizona. Oh, I thought for a second there you were going to go Lions. Well, I'm just trying to influence the betting line. I'm going to bet the other way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I see it in a tight game, 23-20. Uh, now, I don't, don't know about Kenny Galladay's status here on Wednesday morning, but if he plays, it certainly opens up a lot of things. It gives them a downfield receiver who can overpower defensive backs. Uh, you know, he plays like a power forward in the National Basketball Association. He gets out there and doesn't beat him with speed, but he beats him with body control, strong hands, and ability to jump and catch the ball at the high point. So uh, don't be surprised if the Lions win this game, but I just can't pick them to win until, until they do it. They haven't done it, and they haven't done it yet. All right. I feel you, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We appreciate it, and we'll chat with you next week. Not over a hard-boiled egg. I'm sure you've got to do better. All right. I'll fix it for next week. (laughs) Okay, great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mike. Thank you guys for tuning in to the One Pridecast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. We'll see you next week. 
Football is back. The 2020 NFL season is kicking off with even more ways to get into the game. Thanks to BetMGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions. This year, Lions fans can play along for free during all the action and win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of an MGM Resorts trip package. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during every game, and once you hit bingo, you score. All thanks to BetMGM. Learn more by visiting the official Lions mobile app now. 